Welcome to the Keep Pulling Podcast, yet another podcast about the sport of Olympic weightlifting brought to you by Keep Pulling. In this episode, we interview Hala Paiva, a 64-kilo competitor fresh off her top 20 performance at the 2019 IWF World Championships, and her husband, Ryan Paiva, the web developer behind Lifting Life. Hala has been competing internationally for over 10 years, and she's the first Lebanese woman to represent Team Lebanon in international competition and is on track to become the first at the Olympics. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Keep Pulling on Instagram and Keep Pulling on Facebook. You can find previous episodes of this podcast on our website, keeppulling.com. And if you like what you hear, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So it's Hala Paiva, but help me with the M and the F part. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, first name is Mahasan. Middle name is Hala. In Lebanon, there's also a Muhammad in there. And then my last name is Fatua in places not the U.S. Okay. So in, in America, obviously, we when you get married, you change your last name. But in Lebanon, it'd be kind of confusing that you would have the same last name because you don't. Like, so when women are married, they don't change their last name. So it'd be, it'd be like odd to have two people that are married with the same last name that would mean we're family right yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like i mean it it can happen in the u.s too where you have two people with the last name of smith but it's more like a fun coincidence that they have the same last name and hopefully someone in lebanon you are definitely related at some point (laughs) yeah like like yeah yeah. Yeah. all right so we got the name yep Hit us with the first question. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> we'll do the intro. <laughs> yeah, the intro. We have a treat for you today. Uh, fresh off of the 2019 IWF World Championships, Hala Paiva and her husband, Ryan Paiva, owner, CEO, what's the f- official title of Lifting Life? Head nerd. Head nerd Head of, nurse Lifting Life. of Lifting Life. Hala is actually the, the owner. Really? And, uh, yeah. This is how the how the papers got. And the wow. creator. Yeah. Okay. But she, she does all the logistics, all the, all the she's our CFO. And uh, it handles all the, you know, the, I guess the, the business logistics is actually all her. Uh, Hala, like I said, fresh off the, the 2019 IWF World Championships. Uh, start by telling us a little bit about your background as an athlete, a lifter, how you got started. Uh, well, I grew up in Port Orange. Uh, so weightlifting is a really big sport for high school. And I was in like the place to do it because... Creek has been had been state champions for like a decade um and I started lifting doing high school weightlifting which bench and clean jerk yes nonsense no snatching um. <laughs> yes in, in Florida the the high school sport is bench press and clean and jerk and you add them together for a total right yeah oh, okay <laughs> it's basically just replace the snatch with a bench because yes. it was started by football but um so I started there with uh the high school and kind of fell into the Olympic style lifting because the assistant coach there also did Olympic style. So it just kind of went from there. So I've been doing it literally half my life. (laughs) And what, what year did you start there? 2004. Four was okay. And Tom, Tom Bennett was there. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Great guy. That one former, former president of the Florida weightlifting federation. (laughs) Now back when you started, did you have aspirations? Not at all. In the world just to do it? I Your never wanted to even play a sport. And I like, I never went out for team sports because I was just too shy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get yelled at if I like kick the ball to the wrong person or I miss it. So I never did stuff like that. And um, 
I just kind of fell into weightlifting and I ended up being okay at it. So I kept going. Pretty okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not bad, I would say. And that's the only sport you ever attempted or tried? Yeah. Like I rode horses for fun and like I'd run, but never like I didn't do track. I just, I was a kid. So I ran around and Mm -hmm. played manhunt, but (laughs) (laughs) nothing. It's a sport. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like one. Yeah. Um, But no, like my sister always did sports. Like she rode horses competitively and she swam and did karate and I don't like people looking at me typically <laughs> so i just kind of stay quiet and keep to myself for the most part and somehow this happened until you have to go on the biggest stage, the biggest stage in the world yep. ever <laughs> in spandex <Right>. so exactly <laughs> literally getting judged by judges yes by myself right it's interesting you have like no problem with that you are a very like private person a very like introverted person but then like zero problems on the stage like zero like you know I mean, I, th- I think like the same nervousness that everyone happen- that has, but it's not like, like you would almost expect that how quiet you are, that this would be like a freak out thing to go on a stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people, you know, and you, you handle it like a boss, like just, you I, get into like, you get into a mode and just crush it. She's showing Thanks. something she's strong at, showing right. a strength versus right. a, a weakness that might be on the display. Well, I think it also helps that the way the judging is, it's very black and white. Like yeah. there isn't well but you took a step this way and it wasn't pretty enough and so like there's no they're not judging me they're judging like what i did right so i think in a lot of ways it's like an introvert friendly sport like one of the things we talk a lot about because hal and i are so different is that you know i think like a lot of people look at being an introvert as like they're extrovert extroverts in training like she, she needs to be a, a, a public person that is you know talks all the time but like we're we're kind of like the yin yang for each other like i'm i talk too much and you know she she talks very little so so i think like we together we've just really been embracing that so in weightlifting it's kind of like being a competition her competition coach and kind of being the one that does a lot of the talking and is a lot more extroverted and then she's able to like just crush it as an athlete and do her own thing. And, you know, it, I think it works out really well. I guess along those lines, like you're no stranger to weightlifting yourself, right? I mean, you've, yeah. you've had a competitive career, uh, and how, how, how did you get started? And yeah, my, uh, my grandfather was a weightlifter and he competed in, I guess like the sixties, the you know, when he was young and that was when weightlifting as a sport was really young. They had like five <laughs> things they competed. It was kind of like powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting together with the press and all that stuff. Yeah. It was like had, a circus clean. show. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like a you know, organized circus <laughs> show. Wrestle a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have one, one kilo per, per uh, five of the bear weighs or something. So it, um, but so I kind of like grew up with, you know, seeing pictures of that and stuff, but I, I started lifting when I was like 15 uh, or 16 probably. Um, so I actually only lifted for four years, but my, I did high school. I was so small. Like I weighed like 90 pounds going into high school. But then, so my first, my first Olympic wielding competition, I did like a 150 total. Uh, and then a year later I had a, I had a 220 at the Olympic training center. Wow. So, and then I tore my adductor and that's all she wrote. So it was like a very intense, like Ouch. year and a half of like, not even belonging at a national meet to like being on the, the Pan Am team and then injuring out in like a very short time period. So I had a, I, I did accomplish all the goals that I'd set out for. Like I wanted to make it out to the Olympic training center. And then after that, I was kind of like, Oh, I'm done. Like there, there really wasn't like a thought of what the next step would be. And like all that stuff was like another four years or like, you know, I have, you know, 
uh, five or four, four sisters and, you know, single family income type of stuff. So I was like, yep, I need a job. I need to move on to other things. And I still loved weightlifting and, you know, kind of followed it loosely and stuff like that. But I moved on to become a software engineer. Um, but when we got married, Halla got, she was like, yeah, I want to lose a few pounds and I want to look good in my dress. That's right. So she started lifting again and then like hit PRs and was like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this. So that was kind of like the end of my story as a lifter. And then like we met through weightlifting and us getting married, you know, I think is now a much more interesting story into Halla, you know, getting back into it after kind of that same sort of high school yeah. career into being I feel like I've had like three or four chapters in my mm. yeah for sure. Thing. Which chapter was it where you were like, okay, I'm going to be a pro? Three. <laughs> yeah. And were uh, you more pushed in that direction? Well, that like, because I always just lifted for fun, and like my numbers were good for the pool of lifters that were around at the time. And then, like, after being the same numbers for two years, I was like, I'm done with this. And I was still a junior athlete, and. So I took like a year and a half off and then I came back right before me and Ryan got married because I worked at a gym like at a YMCA and I didn't work out the entire time I worked there. And I was like, well, if I'm going to get in shape, I might as well do what I like. And then my numbers got even better than they had been before. And so I kept going. And then I, I guess I had talked to Ryan because we didn't even realize that Lebanon had weightlifting. Um, and like the more we looked into it, the more we realized like, oh, not only did they have weightlifting, like it's the Olympic medal that they have was for the sport. And so I reached out to them and it turns out like, yeah, they have it just, you know, it's not as popular right now. And so it's not even like that women can't compete. It's just, that they didn't. And I was like, well, I, I want to do that. Like I want to, you know, be a part of what brings it back. And, uh, so we found, I started training with Ryan's cousin just because he had a little more time to be more one-on-one. And um, Ryan was able to then like coach me daily and we'd work with his cousin on the weekend. So I had more time dedicated to specifically training and became a full-time athlete, which started like chapter three. Um, but yeah, so then it kind of went from there. And, and you're the first... Lebanese woman to receive an international weightlifting medal. Yes, yes. I am. And that was yeah, last first, year. Yeah, the first uh, the first woman to represent Lebanon internationally in weightlifting, then the first medal, and then uh, hopefully the first gold. Yeah, coming up soon. Hopefully, we the next competition will be the Arab Championship. We wanna we wanna win that for sure. Like this is the this is the next goal. So we have. Seven it would be weeks. very important. And to yeah. me. where where and when is that? That is near the end of November in Tunisia. So. Okay. Right. So so lifting for Team Lebanon, what did that transition look like where you, you said you reached out to the, the federation and you're like, hey, I want to represent you? Uh, like, what did that... Was that... Pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, so I, like, I actually... I checked with the USOC to... Because at the time, which was like 2000... 13 mm-hmm. when I started looking into it um there was like no contact information they don't have a website they'll have there was nothing that I could get to where I'm like cool I just need to email this person where like at least 
a comparison would be like for USAW, you could like find an email right. and you'd get in touch with Phil or somebody. The USAW at usaweightlifting.org. It goes to somebody. Yeah. So like there wasn't that for weightlifting. So I actually, I first checked with like, because it seemed like it was going to be difficult to find somebody. I checked with the USOC and they're like, oh yeah, as long as you haven't competed in this amount of time and they, you know, I don't know. Which is fortunate because like we, we declined the... Uh, I turned down 2013 University Worlds mm. to compete for Lebanon because you can't compete for another... Yeah, you can't compete for another country within a quad to, in theory, to um, be able to compete for another nation. So I if see. I had accepted that meet, then I couldn't have even tried to compete for 2016. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I got in touch with the Lebanese Olympic Committee and they... I think they got us in touch with Sohail and they, yeah, they got us in touch with Sohail, who is the president of Lebanon weightlifting. Who was a legit coach. Like he coached in like, uh, like I think he he, coached multiple countries. Yeah. Multiple countries like had, um, like every successful Lebanese athlete. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, I think he coached with Mohammed Trabolsi, who was the Lebanese Olympic medalist, but he, um, he coached a bunch of different countries speaks like, 13 languages or something ridiculous like it's some crazy number and like not he knows a few words like he speaks them yeah but no um yeah basically i reached out to the lebanese olympic committee and one day so he'll called me and he's like you want to lift at worlds and i was like yeah and he's like what do you lift and i at the time it was like 80 and 100 and he was like send me videos okay we'll put your (laughs) name in and i was like what yeah and i called ryan i was like so i'm gonna go to worlds (laughs) So this yeah. just happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What and year was? How long ago was this? Uh, 2014 was my first Whoa. world championship. So. So it's a yeah, it was a humbling experience too because I mean we definitely came in at, you know, uh, and actually not not the bottom of the weight class, but like it was it was like definitely I mean, an entry was, level total. But you were there. But listen, yeah. I was in the C session <laughs> and there right. was a D session. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was one of those like, because when I decided I wanted to compete for Lebanon, like. Obviously, the end goal was to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what the qualification procedures were, what that would look like. We just knew, like, well, you should probably you need to go to international meets at least. So start there. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was kind of like a direct into the fire type of thing. It was like yep. very fast to that. Like we kind of expected it was going to be a few years, and you know, but obviously, like you were already qualifying for national teams for the U.S. Like you yeah. were already, you know, but near the like, top, but definitely a very humbling and crazy experience because like at that time we didn't really follow international weightlifting i remember (laughs) we were like went to breakfast and i was like well i recognized razazade and then i like saw this chick with these like enormous legs and like she looked so strong i was like ryan look at that girl look she looks like a weightlifter it was like it was lydia valentine like (laughs) 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 i had no idea who anybody was which was probably made the trip easier so i wasn't like starstruck the whole time but now i'm just like look (laughs) we were talking earlier about how like we don't i don't really follow sports per se or like even like weightlifting as a whole, but rather like people that we know and like that we meet and stuff like right. that. So definitely like going to this meet, like Hal was saying, like we weren't really following anybody in particular. Like we had, we have friends obviously that lift. So we were, we were excited to see, you know, people that we knew competing and stuff, but like, uh, like we knew some of the athletes from team USA, but that was kind of yeah. it. But like the, the bus where they picked us up, this is probably <laughs> the best story. So we were, well, to be fair, it was also his first world championship. Was it really? Yeah, I think oh, okay. his first senior cuz Okay, right cuz he was just recently a junior. But yeah, we got on the bus and there were two guys that we assumed 
were weightlifters based on what they were wearing and they were from egypt and like we were instant friends we were yeah they were like, like oh where are you from like gave us pins and like we were just talking the whole time we get off like he's like hey can we get a picture and like we took a picture with him and like me and ryan were sitting there and we're like you know that guy we talked to on the bus he competed today he got silver <laughs> it was muhammad Ihab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. We love Mohammed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. He's he's such a nice person. Well, it was crazy because like on the bus too, he wasn't like, do you know who I am? It was more yeah. like we were just we were friends and talking about. I mean, we spoke a little Arabic and they speak obviously a lot of Arabic and uh, much better Arabic than we do. But it was just really nice people and just talking on the bus. And then like he was showing me some pictures and I was like, that's like. 196 i'm like, oh, like and you're small yeah yeah i was like i was like this is really good he was like he was like thank you and then like we got a, like he asked us for a picture we took a picture together and like just selfies together and stuff and yeah. and uh but yeah nicest person and then we were like yeah we realized that he got like, a medal at he that. got a medal yeah at that event we were like oh yeah um but yeah super super nice dude He's, they're so humble yeah. yeah yeah for sure he's kind of been like our friend at all the meets like i'll train afterwards and like it not this one but the the last one in anaheim yeah, that one yeah. so two yeah. 18 yeah uh i was like doing muscle snatches and he's like hey <laughs> he came over and he just like kind of coached me a little bit and i was yeah. like he was we like just worked we're out together kind of comparing notes and he was like yeah that, i like this like showing me different exercises that he likes like he's doing like the mid-grip uh rdls and stuff like he's that. got some interesting stretches <laughs> yeah. yeah wow no we didn't do any of those things i, we I didn't don't do have uh, you have flexibility right. but yeah. working on it or your personal bests training and competition um well competition making weight so like it, as a 64 we're 63, you know, uh, is 93 and 121 from this meet and in training slash, I guess like, cause, uh, Ray has us do meets that he calls like a training meet and you'll just kind of do whatever you can that day. Um, I've done 123 for a clean and jerk. Whoa. And my best snatch in training, which if you ask Ray, doesn't mean anything, <laughs> um, <laughs> is 99. Oh, wow. Such a shy 100. Yeah. Look at that. It's coming. Now, on that day, did you expect it? Uh, No, but like I know I'm strong enough for certain numbers and I'll just kind of get in my own way sometimes. And which is why Ray doesn't really care what we do in training because there's not the same pressure. You didn't have to make weight. You don't have the same timers and like. Right. That doesn't mean anything towards my total. Um, but for like a few weeks, Ray had been like, if I, when we'd go up and I'd hit like 94, or 95, he's like, if you'd made that look better, we were going to go a hundred. And he just kind of like, and he says it in like a joking way just to kind of, I think make me more determined, <laughs> lift better. Um, but yeah. So for like a, a few weeks of, Fridays would be like our heavy days and he'd be like, yeah, if you'd done that, we were going to go a hundred. I imagine there's there's a big, uh, lifter coach trust element going there. When he says, okay, you're going to go a hundred today. You're not thinking, oh crap, is today my day? Do I have it today? But you know, if he tells you to go to a hundred, he knows you got a really good shot at making it that day and you don't need to be afraid. Ray definitely, he does not ever set you up to fail. So like, if he says to do a number, like I'm going to 
actually try to do it. Like I can't get in my own way because he wouldn't have told me to do it if he didn't think I could. Exactly. Right. I think you could take it a step further. I don't think Ray has anybody do anything that he isn't 100% positive that you will do. Yeah. Like it's just it, not even a question of it that you're capable and like it's going to happen. Yep. Either as does long or as you put it together. Right. Then it like either does or doesn't happen, but he's not like upset or like, you know, anything like that. He's yeah. Like, you, you, but he's you, also you not happen. like, you know, okay, throw on, you know, 30 kilos over your best and do it and watch <laughs> right. you Clark it and laugh at you kind <laughs> right. of thing. Yeah. Like just to make Maybe you miserable. Time, I right. think that helps a ton uh, just in your mental state. Yeah, it really does. Because I definitely think a lot less when I train with Ray. Like, I mean, he does tell me when to go and what to do. And if he says I can do it, that means I can do it. And I don't have to worry about anything else. Just do it. Just performing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very nice and minimizes the stress. Yeah. But I find things. I have to stress about something. That's got to be motivating by itself. Coach said I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but it's true. Like, he wouldn't tell me to do it if I couldn't. So, uh, let's talk about worlds. Uh, so, tell us about the experience. We were on one plane for 17 hours. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, we flew error? from New York yeah. to China. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a 17 hour flight. And then what? we had like a short layover and then from uh, Beijing to Bangkok okay. and then a two hour bus ride. And what's great about the flight is like, we don't mess around like we work out on the plane a little so like Hallow was in the back doing like squats and like well no like i there was a little hallway so i did like some squats and i do like calf raises or something just to like get some swelling out of my ankles yeah i do like a ramois and ryan rubbed my shoulder so had like a little like half an hour training thing in the back yeah do like sled pushes with the just <laughs> grab someone's luggage out of the top and just start pushing it up the aisle. Sir, can I borrow your baby? I need to put him on my back so I can <laughs> do some kettlebell swings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. The venue was really nice. Um, and they ran like a very efficient bus schedule because we have not necessarily international competitions, but we've been to some where like things are so spread out or the, you know, the accommodations aren't the best or the food isn't the best. And like, I mean, you can't ask for everything to be perfect, but, like, there's certain things that definitely make it much easier. And this one, like, the food was convenient. It was really good. I mean, it wasn't, you know, crazy special, but it was, like, you know, it's weightlifter before meat diet, so there were, like, guaranteed eggs and rice right. and chicken. Right. And So is there a cafeteria set up for you guys? Is that? We were in, like, this really, I guess it was kind of like a resort and we were in the ocean tower. Like we were in a hotel that was literally on the beach. Oh. Like um, I the IWF generally does a really good job of making sure that the, like things the athlete are set up hotels nice. are going to be nice. And there's so well, Thailand, we were <laughs> in this really <laughs> so dope resort so and Thailand the great. cafeteria was like the hotel's restaurant and they had great food the whole time. And I mean, cause apparently dragon fruit is like, free there oh it's so nice. delicious yeah so we ate like a pound of dragon fruit like every single meal because oh, it man. was like that and melon and just there was cake every day every meal yes. <laughs> like with breakfast <laughs> they had um i mean really good they have good selection and Train. when you get off, when you get off the plane what's the first thing you do 
sleep. Size hotel. Yeah. I mean, we, you sure. need to train. Like, how soon do you need to start um, this new cycle? I think well, it's a battle between to get training and sleeping. Like, we well, want to do we've, both. We've gotten, because I'm the one that books our flights, um, I've gotten pretty good about getting us in, like, at night. So, like, being exhausted from the travel is fine if we go to bed and sleep for eight hours because then we're not missing any of the meals. We're not missing the training times for the next day because, like, traveling, I've already lost, you know, at least a 24-hour span of being able to train. So, you know, not having to take more time off than is necessary Um, because it also, like, I could get hurt if I have to go straight to the, you know, gym and hit – whatever percentage would normally be hit on this day, this many days out. And, um, so I think usually like in order, we, it's like rest. Number one, two is training. Three is like food and stuff. So yeah. Like, so like we get in and we get in at night normally. So we'll check in and, um, you know, I'll check weight and I'll just go to bed. And that way I can like basically start getting adjusted to the time zone and, <laughs> you water. Uh, start getting adjusted to like the time zone and the food schedule so it's not like oh crap i you know slept through lunch and dinner and now there's nothing until breakfast the next oh, day awful. or you miss your training time and like we've this one was pretty relaxed as far as like training times go but we've been to some where like the training hall's full and they're like if this is not your scheduled time you are not coming in this room how the bar feel like a laco <laughs> <laughs> That says yeah. a lot. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Good it's spin. smooth and it doesn't jag it up your legs. So, Well, that was actually a change this year. This uh, this is the first world championship where you wore your... Um, yeah, I wore pants oh, yeah, this leggings. time. Or yeah, because I, yeah. I, I think we're trying just generally to make the competition exactly like training, which obviously you can't do for everything, but it was like one more variable. Like I think probably... If I we, literally wear the same pants every time every I train. Day, Not like the same pair, but... Style, I own like four style, pairs right? of the same pair of Below pants. The knee. But if you think about it, like yeah. if, you, if you wear those every single day and then like the day you compete, you're feeling things a little differently, like rub on your leg a little differently or maybe like that nerve. Like I'll get cleans will like catch on my legs. Right. And now you're feeling it on your skin versus like it brushing past. Like do you, do you make an adjustment because it feels differently? So Or I'm bleeding. Right. Yeah, I'm bleeding, yeah. So <laughs> oh, we no. just like super try to like make everything line up perfectly to uh, – exactly what we do in training that's, yeah. uh, that's something we we're touching on we did a seminar at a gym yesterday here in tampa and uh, i was talking about just controlling your environment and most most people myself included uh, there's some art of superstition to weightlifting right where we're i was saying you know well you'll see an athlete walk up to the bar the same way every single time they put their hands on the bar the same exact the same exact way uh, and to your point wear the same i wear the same style, socks every right, right exactly and you have your yeah the the setup is the same, all the, the clothes, and that, and that's the way where you feel comfortable. You feel like it's rep, you can replicate what you're doing. It, everyone does it. Yeah, you're 100% Every, correct. Yeah. I knew if I wore these socks and these uh, <laughs> spandex, it was going to be a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've done a few things to try to, like, control things a little better, but Ryan will come over because I, like, kind of keep to myself in the back, and Ryan will more or less leave me alone unless – it looks like I need him, <laughs> but like he'll come over and he'll just like grab my hands and like, he's like, Oh, your fingers are warm this time. That's good. That's yeah. I'll warm up but like <laughs> I've done a few things recently to like, just try to make my performance a little more I don't know, stable. 
I guess. Yeah, just like mm-hmm. el- just the, like the elimination of variables, like less. Like wa- I wear my Fitbit because I'm like, oh, I must not be breathing. My heart rate's like <laughs> going crazy because yeah. I I apparently just don't breathe between clean and jerk attempts, yeah. and we uh, then I get like super anxious and. One of the biggest changes that we made, uh, or one of the things we put effort into doing, was going three for three in the clean and jerks. So like there was a couple. <laughs> A series of competitions in a row where she would crush her opener, crush her second, and then get buried in the third on the jerk. Um, so part of it was we we made major changes to what she ate after she weighed in, and that's been amazing. And then the second thing was um, breathing. So like uh, the the first one where we we started paying more attention that was at the Arab Championship was like I kind of looked over and she was like like just holding her breath, and I was like, hey, you need to. You know, take some breath. breaths there. We and picked I, and up I, some ammonia tabs that right. helped remedy that oh, cool. one. Right. But I mean like the full, like, so let's say you, you make your second lift and you have exactly two minutes. How often do people think about how many breaths do you get between your second and third lift? Like are, are somebody counting it? In those 120 Probably seconds. Every <laughs> yeah. Three or four seconds. So if you, yeah. So if you, for easy math, let's just call it like 20 breaths, I guess. Like what if you're only getting 15 or like 10? because you held your breath through after one breath, you held it again. Like, well, now you're getting half as much oxygen. Or you're just not taking deep breaths yeah, at all. That, that right. is something to saturate the bloodstream with oxygen. That way you're not as lightheaded for your next. Right. Well, not having to take a ton it's of breaths right before. So too. just like as a thing, you're like, well, you train for months and months to get 1% better. And then you do a 10%, 10% swing in performance based on just breathing before. So like, why screw that up? Same thing with like the, like the leggings and stuff. Like if you wear that in training, like, why do a 5% swing gamble on you behaving a little differently because of that when you train for months to get 1% better? Especially so, when the rules accommodate it for it now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. About darn near whatever you want. Yeah, so it, it's uh, – so I think people probably should be paying more attention. Like I'll just say we should have been paying more attention to like the things that – were different or things that could make a big difference that were totally within our control. Well, it's like if um, training goes so well, what's the difference? Right. Yeah, exactly. People are like, Oh, it's no big deal. It's just a competition, but like, but you do things differently. And I think people do that differently when they weigh into, they're like, Oh, well, uh, for example, like caffeine, people would be like, Oh, well I always train with caffeine, but do you always train with an empty stomach two hours before? Do you always mm. train two kilos lighter than you do before? Do you always train with that much less sleep? Do you always train with that much, you know, adrenaline also in your system? Yeah, so I think me and adrenaline, yeah, no bueno. So I think that like, <laughs> I think that like the the idea is that competition is already going to be very different right. than training. Like, what are you doing to make it the same? And then are you are you factoring for the things that are being introduced that you don't normally get sure. to do? Yeah, a lot more variables. I was talking with one of our lifters too because she uh, had a historically good performances and then one not I mean average, you know. And she was like, "Well, I should have been able to hit that weight." I'm like, "Yes, but." Competition is like some of the least ideal circumstances. You're lifting at nine o'clock PM. You train it at eight in the morning. You know, there's that thing that, that, that can affect that. Um, the same thing about eating, like, did you cut weight or you water cutting any of that stuff? Uh, all that can affect it. There's so uh, much going on at once to right. a competition. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's something alone. we did really well on this one, I think, because I train better when we train in the afternoon and for this meet, like my weigh-ins were at 6 a.m. I lifted at eight and I was like, let's just not bother getting adjusted to the sleep schedule. I think the day before we slept most of the day, I checked my weight a few times. Like we, I was able to eat. Um, but then like I went to the sauna, I took a shower and I went to bed. I woke up at like 2 a.m. 
so that by the time I lifted, I've been up, my body's warm, like Mm -hmm. I've been able to eat and drink a little bit um, and just kind of try to keep my schedule as close to what I'm used to because I'm not a morning person Mm -hmm. and especially if I've got to wake up and then you know, I don't know, rush to get ready and get on a bus and think, out. And I think now this is yeah. like three or four competitions in a row that you went three for three on clean and jerk. I have no idea. Like the, I know the I did it at Asians and, stuff, yeah. and I know I did it at and that was a 120. One. Like there was some heavy. It was an ugly 120 compared to this 121. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely <laughs> better this time around. But like just yeah. the pieces coming together. So right. I think like I saw, it's, it's cool to see that if, if we can eliminate all those variables and like fact for like have a really methodical plan each time and like try to improve on it with like one thing each time like i think this time we improved it on two things but just continue to snowball that um because now we did it you know snatches were like 90 percent of her best but the clean jerk was 101 percent of her best mm-hmm. so it's like can we get it to where every competition we can do 100 percent or 101 percent if we can really kind of master the competition it's crazy that we're learning all these lessons now and we've been doing this for 15 years and right, like yeah. been actually competing internationally for like five of them and yeah. still like literally up until last year we were like well i don't know what i should eat after i weigh in and me and him would argue all the time and i'm like well <laughs> i want to eat this because this is what i ate when i was in high school well, a i'm not 17 and i'm also not a 58 anymore but the stress has gotten it affects my body differently now mm-hmm. so uh i remember one meat it was like a local meat and I was getting sick and Ryan's like, well, what'd you eat? And I was like, I had chocolate and orange juice. (laughs) 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 We're like, well, that's understandable. That's a bad combination, but it it would happen with normal foods now. So like we figured out, you know, don't eat that. And there are certain foods that I can have and I cannot have caffeine, which we figured out also at a meet last year. Mm. I was like, well, I've been drinking coffee every day. And Ryan was like, yeah, but you're way more stressed now and you're cutting and you've got nothing in you to give that caffeine something to work with. Yeah. Like, so it. I think messes with people's stability overheads. Like, you'll feel like you have a, a like a godlike pull and then you can't stabilize. You can't it. hold anything. Uh, let's talk, you about your, talk about your lifts at Worlds. Snatch? Uh, Solid 88. Yep. <laughs> I had a phenomenal opener. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, obviously it did not go as well as we had wanted it to during this like last training cycle, my snatches for me. So I, despite whatever, like Ray or Ryan may see, like they just felt very inconsistent. And I, at one point called Ryan and I was like, I don't don't know what to do. Like I'll crush 80 i'll power it one day and then i'll fall on my butt the next and like i felt so inconsistent that i was like terrified i was gonna bomb out at worlds and i had put a lot of pressure on myself for the meet and it was one of those things that i'm like okay this is the total that i would like to hit at this meet this is the total that ray's probably gonna have me go for because ray has a history of he doesn't really care what you've done in the gym like i could have doubled 95 on snatches if my best meet snatch was 93 the most he's going to have me try at this meet would be 94 um in theory like that's Mm -hmm. typically what he does um and so i was like i you know my training cycle leading up to asians like i had snatched 99 i was hitting like 94 every day i would have been fully confident in being able to open at 92 for that one and 
like two weeks out from that, things kind of started feeling funky. And then this entire training cycle leading up to Worlds, like my snatches were just, they felt so inconsistent. And I came home and me and Ryan like made like one key change because my my issue with my snatches, which I am definitely not alone in this, is I will cut the heck out of my pole. And you can say it however you want. It's just literally trying to get under it before I've like bothered trying to pick it up, basically. And they end up being forward. And I, like 99% of the time, miss my snatches forward. And it's for that reason. And so I'd go through like a pattern of, Ray will come up with some cue and that'll work and that'll stop working. And then we're like constantly trying to find something. So when I came home, me and Ryan, uh, worked it was on like your birthday week too. So it was convenient. Like you were already planning. On coming yeah. Home I was going to be home anyway. It just also happened to be two weeks out from when we were going to leave. Um, and we made like a key change and literally, since that time which granted was only two weeks out from worlds uh all my lifts had been way more consistent um and it was just that it it was something that finally got my body to click with what we'd been trying to make me do probably forever but um so like we had to like so what we did was we we like I took a bunch of videos and we kind of broke it down. Cause I think when you train for so long, like the things that you do, like a change would take so long to like get into muscle memory. Um, that no matter what you do, your snatch is going to be pretty much the same. And like, she's already a great lifter. Her technique is already great, but like, what do we so mentally we're, we're doing something different. Like a change has made been made in the other direction without knowing it. Like just something you started doing. Um, so what what did we do? what are we doing differently now than we didn't when we were snatching ninety eight? Like obviously there's something happening or or something we did right on those lifts that really came together that we didn't know we were doing right. That's really really small. So for her this change made a big deal or made a big difference. So it went from like you know missing half of her snatches to to making like almost all, all, of, all of them, them like all of them. Like it but was, um, so being that that change was made so quick like so close to the meat I would say in any other circumstance it would be like a terrible idea to try to change something like that so close but it was one of those like I was freaking out that I was going to bomb out like I was going to make nothing and Ray having me open at 88 like had we not made that change I would have been like no Ray please can we open it like 85 and, and we would have and we would have opened it a lot lighter so I think but, um, it was a perfect opener and she put the technique together perfectly for the 88 just anyway yeah. Kudos. <laughs> what so, was the, the was it a physical or mental? Um, it was kind of like or a both? mental change. Yeah, like it was a mental one that led to the physical one because like, like a mental timing. I know I'm strong enough to do certain numbers, and my brain and my body just don't like to <laughs> connect a lot of the time on those. Um, but like how I had snatched ninety nine, you know, back in March. And I opened at 88 and I snatched 88 (laughs) and I missed 91 and 92 when um, I think it was just nerves and resorting to like old technique and like on my second snatch, 
like my first one i crushed my opener and like it felt amazing i was i got off the platform i was like ryan did i power that and he was like almost <laughs> and then like 91 i kind of i think i got comfortable and did that go in front i believe it did, right? it did. Yeah. and like watching it back i'm like i didn't get set up i didn't like actually try to make it the same as the first one like i kind of took for granted that 88 was so easy right and like obviously i'm not thinking this at the time i'm not like walking up and i'm like this is gonna be a joke but like when i watch it i'm like yeah i didn't bother setting up i didn't you know i didn't pull it the same i didn't try to pull it the same um and that's just that disconnect and so on the on 92 i was like well if that had been 95 <laughs> like i might have made it um because i pulled the heck out of it to right make up for you. it yeah and i never miss behind me um at least not like a good miss behind me um but ray usually in training he's fine with those because he can work with that but if right. you don't pull it he's like oh i don't know <laughs> Um, so snatches did not go as well as I had liked and for how good I felt that day, it was definitely frustrating because I felt so strong. Like my pulls felt like nothing. Um, so it was very frustrating. That it was like a technical issue as to why I missed them. Not like eat or sleep or the weight cut or something like that. There's nothing um, to blame it on that was like outside yeah. of our control or something. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And uh, eh. next time we'll do more. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm glad you don't let your snatch like one performance inf- uh, influence the other. Cause it seemed like you were totally refreshed for clean endurance. Now, what happened in in between the warm up and the break? Uh, well, so Ray has this thing, and he doesn't care whether you did. I mean, he cares, but it's more like whether you did. You know, three for three, one for three. In my case, that part's over. He, you, yeah, he's like, it's half a race. You've got another half to go. Just make up for it, crush it in the clean and jerk. And like, even if you go three for three, he's like, okay, calm down. It's only half of the race. Um, so it definitely, <laughs> Ryan was with me during clean and jerk. So he just saw on my face, like I, I was very upset by my snatches for, multiple reasons but mainly just like i was trying to improve on my total and i literally because i only got the one lift it was now like a kilo less than i did before and it's you know so many kilos under my best international snatch and like it just it did not feel good to have that be what i left out there kind of had that on like your back going into this cleaning jerks a little yeah and ryan's just like what's going on i was like i'm i can't get over it like i'm just mad and i felt i mean it sounds i don't know maybe petty but i felt embarrassed by it and like i'm trying to look and show how strong i am and i just i didn't do that and um, i think it helps sometimes to talk about it like like rather than like i think it's one thing to say like okay just clear your mind and do that i think it's another thing to be like hey talk to me i mean it, it sounds like like a therapy session but it's like all right tell me how you feel like how what's going through your mind right now and then like yeah. once you verbalize and get it all out you're like oh no i actually That's do feel a lot better, better. yeah yeah well and it was one of those things like i had put so much pressure on myself for this meet i had a total in mind that i wanted to hit i definitely wanted to improve my total like because for me for the olympic qualifying procedure this was my one meet for this period like 
lots of other people had, you know, other silver level meets or other gold level meets in the span from May 1st to I think it ends October 31st. And for me, like there was no other meet for me to go to. This was it. So the total I have from this is the total I have to take in to my Roby points to be considered for the Olympics. And I was just like, that's it. Like I just screwed this up. Like I had a chance to do something amazing, like for how strong I felt and for how strong I am, I didn't do it. And so I'm sitting there and like, I'm warming up for clean and jerk. And I'm just like, Oh, like I, I didn't feel good at all. And then like, at one point I was like, well, it doesn't really matter at this point. Like Ray's not going to put one thirty on the bar. Like, and if he did the way I was feeling, like there's no way I'm going to hit it. So, uh, like, not no way. yeah, well, <laughs> again, the way I was feeling, like literally my first clean and jerk warm up was like, was it 55 or 75 whatever it was. I was like, Oh, this is kind of suck today. Like, did not start out clean and jerk warmups on a positive note. Um, but they, they look fine after the first one. The first one's weird cause timing and whatever. But, um, like I sat down and I was just like, just have fun. Like enjoy your journey is basically what I told myself. And like, is cheesy as it's like, cause I get asked like if, uh, like, what am I going to do if I don't make the Olympics or if I do make the Olympics? And I'm like, you know, at this point, we've done so much stuff. It's been a blast this whole time. And whether or not I make it, like, it's not I'm not point. regretting, like, oh, we spent all this time and money doing all these things and nothing came of it. Like, I'm having a blast. Like, I'm doing what I love. Getting medals. In Thailand. Yeah. Like, so I was just like, I don't know, it was probably like my third or fourth clean and jerk in the back and I was like, just enjoy your journey. And like, then things just started moving and then Ray's calling plates out front and I'm like, I get nervous cause I have no idea what's going on in Ray's head. And like, sometimes they'll have me do a warm up in the back and I'm like, what the heck are we opening at? Like, what is going on? These are some heavy warm ups. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we did one meet in the, I didn't know he had me do my opener in the back cause it was just a training meet. And I was like, I just did this in the back. What is he putting on the bar out there? <laughs> and, um, but I was just like, just enjoy it and lift weights. Like you're strong, just do it. And, uh, somehow that seemed to work out for me when I stopped trying to make it bigger than it was, which Ray says a lot of the time, you know, like I'm strong enough to do these weights. Like it's not some crazy big deal to lift these numbers that are PRs for me that I've never done before. But like, I'm stronger than those numbers. So it, like they aren't a big deal. Like just do them, just have fun. And Ray's thing, like he'll say is let your body do it. And it's like, okay, let's I was go. thinking like just what you said about, you took a lot of pressure off yourself after the snatches without yeah. really knowing it. You kind of let go of your goals and then you're able to focus just on what was in front of you and not what might've been like six months down the road. Yeah. You know, so you had a lot of, be able to just be in the moment rather than thinking about the future with a lifted hand. Yeah. And I mean, Ray does, he says stuff like that. Um, like he tells us all the time to like focus on the one in front of you M more. So to mean like, don't worry about your open or don't worry about your third attempt. If you haven't done your opener, like you can't think about what's second or third. Cause if you don't do what's first, like you're not getting those. 
like in training he might have you do a triple but like he doesn't want you thinking about the double like just do the one in front of you crush that then do the next one then there's another yeah right. yeah he does that on squats all the time like it'll be your last set and he's like just get one yeah, now get another one do one more right yeah so it's one more it's uh it was good and i'm very happy with the clean and jerks like so it went from what could have been a bad meet like i feel like if i'd only made the first two clean and jerks or even just one clean and jerk like i would have been probably pretty crushed um but i turned what could have been a bad meat into a good meat still wasn't great but it was still a good meat no it was a good meat. it was a great meat. (laughs) that's right clean and jerks were great snatches were not so So. it averages out to a very (laughs) good meat my high average my total did not go down like i maintained the same total that i brought in from the first qualifying period so i didn't make progress but i didn't lose any um we also got some valuable information from this one too like the uh so after her opener which she completely destroyed it was awesome Did yeah it was job. it was like a good snatch too which i think is well no i'm saying also why i'm saying on the clean and jerks like we crushed oh. your clean and jerk opener which was uh 113 was it or 12 i don't know you went so 18 after that uh 17 so but the cool thing was that we had like a hour-long clock between the first and second lift and Jeez. it's one of those like that's something that in the past it was only 20 minutes it was six hours <laughs> that's a that's, long time yeah. it's like the next day yeah i think it was like the the last session of the competition where she got to do her third clean and jerk um but it was uh that's it was when you recovered from you're actually about to go over right <laughs> right. <now>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she does her fourth lift tomorrow um <laughs> but uh it was a really long clock and in the past i've been kind of sketchy about you know it's always been something different um I mean, even before we we were with ray like do you do a vertical jump? Do you do a pull with like 105%, like do something heavier than the lift, but do do like one pull? Like how do you stay warm? And uh, and the back, I was kind of like, you know, Ray, Ray knows what he knows. And like Ray, Ray doesn't back down. And like I was sitting there talking to him and I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I want her to do, like go down in weight. Is that going to like mess with her mentally? I'm like what about just a vertical leap? And Ray was like, you know, a vertical jump, you know. Um, cause I know she, how like in the past when we did like a 105% pull or just, just a pull, like it, it just wasn't good. It, you know, those well, were we've funky also meets. in the past done like a full clean and jerk at lighter weight. Right. Well, yeah. So it was sort of like, it was always something different. I didn't like that there was gambling involved. Like if we've I, never found something that was like, that's what we do. Yeah. So my mind, like what's going on in my head is like, okay, well we just had a great opener. We have like a good solid, like 15 attempts or something like that or 12 attempts between lifts. I was like, you know, we're going to throw in a variable and like, who knows what's going to happen? You know? So I was like, Ray, what do you think about just doing a vertical leap? I don't want her to go down. And he was like, no, she needs to do something with the bar. And he was like, look over there. That's 85 kilos in the bar. Pal, do a power clean and jerk with that right now. And like, she went over and did it and then crushed her. Uh, or actually, we had, well, to, do I had two. to do two. Yeah. So we did that one. And then like a couple people missed their second attempts and two minute clocks. And like, so tick, tick, like it was just like, you know, like I started the session and then like <laughs> everybody else did their first two. Yeah, there was a lot of clustering. So then Ray was like, do it again. So she went over there and power clean and jerk again with 85 and then destroyed her second lift. So I was like, okay, well, we're doing that forever. <laughs> That's going to be our thing now because your 117 looked beautiful. And then I think, you know, based on how you did that, Ray was like, okay, cool. We're going for a PR today. Yep. Yeah. 
I saw it on the live stream. And as soon as he made it 117, I was like, 21, here we go. You'll hear it on my Instagram story, too. I was like, here, 21's going on the bar. That's awesome. It was was almost obvious that it was going up. Thank you. And then tell us about that. How long of a wait between second and third? Do you remember? It wasn't as bad. I didn't have to do anything in between. That was getting towards the end of the session. Yeah, I think it was like maybe four temps or something. I I wasn't counting, but it's... Sure, four times. So it seems like, um, uh, yeah, I don't even know where it came from. I mean, I know where it came from, but right. like, I just didn't think about it. I did it. Like it was magic in the slot. And yeah, able to stand up, no sweat. Because you yeah. got fast. Yeah, that was that was a great clean. It was yeah, a great jerk too. I mean, it was a great lift. Like <laughs> it just all went together, and I was more happy about how I made it, not just that I made it. Like you made it beautiful. R- Ryan was yeah. happy too. I saw him jumping <laughs> in the back <laughs> like four or five times. Just yeah. Bouncing yeah like, cause before this meet I had done one twenty, and it was at the Asian championship. And that was a huge like meet PR too. Cause I think before that, at least internationally, my like best 16. Was it maybe no, it was 17 at, uh, Mediterranean games. I didn't make 17. I don't think, I don't know, Rip. but it was, it was something was, like, that. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a, like a four kilo PR at Asian championship. Like that was a big, yeah, a big it was like year. a huge deal. And the reason for that one was because we were trying to hit a certain total and Natchez were similar at that one. Um, so, but like that day when I hit the one twenty, it was not like a, beautiful lift it was a made lift but it was also one of those that you were like yep that's that's what she can clean and jerk and the way i hit 121 the way it felt the way it looked watching it back i was just like yeah a it was in my opinion very pretty (laughs) but (laughs) i agree (laughs) yeah but it like it was one of those that i'm like yeah i'm definitely good for more like that was not my max today that is not my max like any given day like yeah. It was a good, I don't know, more or less like confidence builder. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, if we had a fourth attempt, Ray would have put on like 25 oh, yeah. and like I would have made that too. And like that's how I got off the platform feeling like mm, we'll you danced, see. You danced off the platform. But your smile <laughs> when you're holding the bar overhead, that was that was magic. I, I've never seen that. I've always seen you just kind of, yeah. <laughs> this was a different holla. Ha- <laughs> okay, you pronounce it however you want. <laughs> it was called my Midwestern accent. Yeah. But this smile was out of this world. I can't wait to print a poster of that. Thank you. It's going to be, yeah. It's going to be great. It was definitely, it was one of those, like, it redeemed the meat for me and it was a good lift. And, then and mm-hmm. yeah, like, there was just so much about that lift that I, it made, the meat it made my day it right. made ray's day like it was because then you guys i mean for you both i mean all of us put in a lot of work but you and ray in particular like put a lot of work into just everything this this uh training cycle and to see it all come together in one lift was yeah. really good like it's not as ideal as my snatches went like this training cycle ray had me do so many jerks because i notoriously like will especially if i'm tired on a third attempt of maxing out i tend to like dip forward and drive forward and cut everything and it was just it was behind <laughs> me and it was amazing and yeah so if we can just keep keep that going I'll she's uh 
11 kilos away from the bronze medal in clean and jerk. So <laughs> if, with how the 121 looked, uh, I think we're a few, you know, next couple competitions will get even closer. And I think, you know, especially like we're, we're all on the same page with Ray's mentality. It's like, we want one kilo at a time. So if at the Arab championship, we go for 122, that's great. And if we can crush that, then obviously like she's got more in, in the tank. So 10 competitions later, we'd like to be doing, you know, a, a world medal. I think it's possible as long as, you know, I go in enjoying the meet and not trying to right. worry about what points it's going to get me, what total I might need to hit, who I might need to beat. Like, like as and many, those as are many the things that Ray's always like, you can't worry about what other people do. Like, there's no point. Like, you're not controlling whether or not they make their lifts. You control whether you make yours. So if I'm sitting here worrying about hitting a total because of what they've already hit or what, you know what I'm up against or what meat it could lead to like a, it makes it not fun, but B like, I'm probably not going to do as well as I could if I just like enjoyed doing what I love doing. And I agree. Harrison Morris got a bronze medal from the B session. If that goes to say, yeah. you don't worry about what other people do. Just, right. just hit your lifts. Yeah. Now, when you're one of these days, we are scraping the barrel for energy to power clean 75 one last time. What What is it that's motivating you to, to grip the bar and give it your all for that one last power clean? Ray said I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Full trust. That yeah, some days it's definitely that. Like I, I rely a lot on Ray being like, well, Ray said I could do it. So he does it with snatches and I've ended up doing like doubles or triples with numbers. And I'm like, mm, there's no way speaking, speaking of Ray, we're talking about Ray Jones, uh, from team Beaufort, South Carolina, yeah. right? Most people recognize him probably lifters like CJ Cummings, Kayla Stefano. How did you guys get hooked up with Ray? Like, how did you meet him? What's the story behind all that? I think one of the things that I've been really sensitive to is that, there was something that somebody told me a while ago in jujitsu and they were like about people leaving a coach to go to another coach and in jujitsu it's, it's been sort of a, because you have to invest so much into somebody there you end up kind of being treated like a person's possession and people get really upset if you go from one gym to another, especially in jujitsu. Like it's, a, it's like a family lineage thing and you're breaking the family to do something. But I went to this one gym and, and uh, after we had left the gym and gone through some drama and stuff, my buddy and I left and we went to a different place and, we told him the thing up front. We were like, we, we want the freedom to be able to train wherever we want. We're not, you know, and the thing that he said, I'll never forget. He was like, if I do my job as a coach, my athletes will become better than me. And then they'll outgrow me and want to go somewhere else to learn from someone else that has more to teach them than I do. Even if he's the best coach in the world, you know? So I think, and in any situation, what will end up happening, I think, which I thought was a very like enlightened perspective as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. And so to kind of develop that a little bit further, I think that what will always happen is either you will feel that you've outgrown uh, a coach and that your needs are now exceeding what they can give you. And then it's time for both of you to grow so as a coach and as an athlete, um, or you're at a place where you're like, I'm consistently getting stronger. I'm consistently getting better. There's no need to change. And there may never be again, a need to change coaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the sweet spot that every coach wants to be in is like, ah, I've got what this person needs. They're able to stay with me forever. But I think the realization that I had at the time was that she was getting hurt over and over again. And we were doing all the things that everybody was saying, this is what works. Like no matter what you could read, everything is saying. And then you've got Ray doing his own thing, wildly different than everybody else. 
you know, you see the kind of things. And then when you talk to him. he's had an athlete with him for like eight years who has never been like, oh, sorry, injury. he's not lifting at this because he's hurt something. And, and that's actually what I was most impressed with about Ray. It wasn't so much that CJ was doing these like crazy numbers. is that he wasn't getting hurt. Right. And so I was like, okay. yeah, healthy enough to do those numbers. Yeah. So for me, I felt that Halla was was as good of a lifter as I ever was. And I'm not, I'm not like a receiver of some special knowledge that makes me, you know, God's gift to weightlifting or coaching or anything like that. So I have one limited knowledge of, of what it means to be a good coach, limited coaching experience at all, uh, limited experience as an athlete. So I mean, I was good as a junior lifter in the context of mid two thousands, but I think there's a lot of room to learn and we learned a ton in Lebanon. So this was post Lebanon. We were there for 30 days uh, to train with Sohail and like he taught us a ton so it was an eye opener for me, just how much more there was of people who did the sport for like forty or fifty years, and learned from people who did it for fifty years, who did it for fifty years. Yeah. So, um, in talking with Ray, a lot of the things that he was saying made a lot of sense. That was violently different than what anybody else is doing. So at the beginning, it was more of like I wanted to learn from him, and then the more I learned from him, the more it was like I need to get Halla up there with him. Like this is. This is now I can't commit the time because I, I work um, full time at a tech startup and I've got I work pretty long hours. So I was like, look, I, I can't even put in the time to be the kind of coach that Ray is like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have three hours every single day to like watch every lift and do the kind of things that he has. I'm like, we have to we have to make a major change. So we had Halla go up for just one cycle for one competition and uh, it went so well. And then, of course, she met Marissa and Dave and like, you know, that that relationship, you know, blossomed and, you know, they were able to, it made things a lot easier. Cause if we had to like rent a room with a stranger or something, that would have been really difficult. But since she can live with someone who also appreciates weightlifting and is committed to the sport, uh, it's worked out really well for her to be up there. So since then, like we've never looked back and like her strength continues to go up. So, yeah. you know, right now we're in that sweet spot where like strength continues to go up. Injuries aren't happening. She's happy, great relationship. And I'm still learning things every day from Ray, like every time we meet every competition, like I'm picking up more things. So I'm still growing as a coach, you know, being her competition coach and just kind of absorbing as much as I can from Ray and kind of continuing to learn. So I think by the time I I retire from my software engineering life, you know, I'll be ready to to do more coaching probably side by side with Halla on uh, more lifters, but it's been, it's been really good. My introduction to Ray was I had a, uh, not so hot AO series to me and Ryan comes up after he's like, Hey, so you're going to go to South Carolina and train with Ray. <laughs> what do you think about moving to Beaufort? And I was like us moving. And he's like, no, no. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just for worlds. Uh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that next year? So Basically we celebrated Ryan's birthday and then packed up the car and moved me to Beaufort. Um, and I, I think like, maybe a better question would be like mentally why the switch so like yeah, sure. or, or physically so i think the main thing are like if a person was like okay well you're saying like okay a person's outgrown yours so i think the the point in time like certainly like foresight would be like at a plateau like hey look let's make a major change because you're plateauing but in our case our total was going down so like we had a like one like it was one of those we'd work so hard to try to fix things because after 2016 like we knew we needed to make some changes obviously we hadn't known so hill very long but he had pointed out a few key things that was one of those like we've been on the same programs for 10 years like he's pointing out things that have never even occurred to us that to be like something that's important to look at like 
his he's got like so many lists of things and right. like even from what we ate like a when i started i was young i could eat whatever i wanted and it didn't really matter i was going to recover and feel fine and not gain weight but like and, numbered lists with percentages so but like we learned so much from that experience and it I think started to make it like, okay, clearly there's other ways to do things. And like day one in Lebanon, they were like, there are two ways to become a champion. One is doping. We don't dope. Number two is you have to be perfect. So you have to be perfect. Mm. And it was one of those things, like it was very intense. They changed so much stuff. And it was one of those, like after those 30 days, you're either going to figure it out and become great or you're going to quit. (laughs) And probably like, by crying in the fetal position. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was definitely very intense mentally and physically, partly because of when I was making a lot of these changes, they were saying like I, what I was doing, whether it was right or wrong had been ingrained in me for however many years. And so when we came back from Lebanon for like, that was the spring of, or the summer of 2016. So that whole year leading up to the next year's AO series meet, we like Ryan was in the gym with me every day. We were trying to figure out how to make, how to snatch again, how to clean and jerk again, how to pull again. Like when we got to Lebanon, I thought I had great pulls and I did a pull in front of them and they're like, let's do deadlifts. <laughs> like Ouch. how yeah. Ryan's cousin saw him and was like, let's start over. Yeah. It was one of those kind of things. And they're like, you'll get this or you won't and if you don't (laughs) like you can be done it's fine yeah yeah but they're like if you can't figure it out in x amount of time like you're not going to figure it out um and i'll just i'm hoping that a lot of it was a language barrier kind of thing which is why some of the things they said seemed so blunt um but i mean it was it was, was probably though. beneficial yeah like you're either gonna figure this out or you're not and like, that's gonna kind of be it yeah. and so we worked so hard on making my lifts good and i think even one of the days in that training cycle you came out to amp which is where we were at and like yes that was a while ago actually yeah so it was right shoot. before that meet um and like snatches were hit and miss but when they were on they were so on it was great and i went to the ao series and i was bummed out with 86 which is still a decent opener but it's just the fact that like what are you doing <laughs> like well i think it was like even more importantly than like technique and like that which i thought your technique was actually getting a lot better the the main thing was for me was that her strength wasn't going up like we were getting like little injury after little injury after little injury that it wasn't so much like there was nothing wrong with her. There was nothing wrong with technique. Like we're doing all the things that were right, but like clearly there was something on the injury side of things that wasn't working out. And by virtue of that or by vice of that, her total was going down. So it was like, well, if we keep working this hard and doing exactly what we're doing a year from now, we can expect the total to be five kilos less. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was one of those meets. Like that was my first big meet to start off the new training quad because like, the Olympics had passed and stuff. Um, and we'd been working so hard and I was still kind of injury here or there. And like, I did not have a good meet at that. And it was like, well, maybe this is it. Like, let's call it a day. And Ryan, instead of like wanting to quit was like, you're moving to Buford. you're going to go train with Ray. 
because that's that was supposed network, to be yeah. like the this will be the big meet that I do to like kind of get me warmed up for mm-hmm. the platform because Worlds is in two months. And I did not have a meet that looked like we should be spending our money to go to Worlds. Yeah. And then we went to Beaufort and it was like one day, like I think during that time period, I would hit and miss like 105. And it was like, it would either be barely made or not even close. And this was like after having clean and jerk like 112 a year earlier. So like 105 shouldn't be as big of an issue. Sure. And like we go out to Beaufort and by the time worlds rolls around, like Ray's got me doing clean and jerks, like not even thinking about it with like one twelve, which was my max like of all time. So, and so that's not, it's not even like, I think where we're so happy right now, it's not even about like the max lifts, like, which are great, but like the fact that like in training, she can do one thirteen for doubles and like a, a clean and two jerks with that type of stuff. Whereas like when we went out there, yeah, 116. <laughs> so just like crazy numbers to be doing in complex is like crazy numbers to be doing at the end of the week. Just the consistency level and like the health level of like just the ability at any time to do anything just and, and to know for a fact that her, her personal coach knows better than even she does of what she's capable on a, on a daily basis that there's her, her risk of injury. Like, of course, there's always a risk, you know, doing any, you know, being an athlete, but like I think that where she's at right now, it's it's the lowest possible risk she could possibly have, and the strength just continues to go up. Yeah, I'm squatting three days less than I used to, and yeah, I'm still going. My legs are stronger than they've ever been. So. Yeah, I think conceptually there's a lot of a lot of differences. And I'm thirty. So. And you're thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah that the no. health, the training, the strength. That's a that's a great combo. Yeah, yeah. It's has longevity written all over it. But uh, how how can people follow you? Uh, I am do? most active on Instagram at Mahasan Hala. We'll post the link, of course. Yep. Thanks. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, it was a treat it. having you. Congratulations you. on the new podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, for really being our first interview. Thanks. This is my first <laughs> podcast. All right. Thanks again for listening to the KP Podcast. Make sure to follow us on all social media at Keep Pulling on Instagram, Keep Pulling on Facebook, and through our website, keeppulling.com. Stay tuned for the next episode and check our website for updates.